0: Hello, friends. Welcome back inside the horseshoe after Ohio State 54, Tim, Iowa 10, one of the weirdest final scores if you watch the game you will ever see in college football. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. This is a Rapid Reaction presented by Byers Auto. Uh, again, Ohio State 54, Iowa 10. Just an odd, odd game, Tim. I tried to warn everybody. The Iowa offense is not safe for work. Uh, I think people took took my advice. Uh, they, they understood. But man, I'm gonna lead it off with, with two things. The Ohio State defense is opportunistic and good against bad defenses, or against bad offenses. And man, is that Iowa offense just as bad, if not worse, than advertised, Tim. Uh, but the story of the game is the Ohio State defense from our perspective because we are an Ohio State outlet. Let's talk about. Let's talk about that Ohio State defense. Well, as uh,
1: Tommy Ackenberg said, Tanner McAllister, Tanner McAllister said basically twice, when somebody throws the ball right to you, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You catch it. Yeah. And then, then in Tommy Eichenberg's uh, case, he caught it, put a move on a guy and scored. And I asked him if, uh, uh, if he was one of those guys that made fun of Steel Chambers, uh, uh, or, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple three weeks ago, when he had a pick, a pick it could have possibly been a pick six, and he got tackled by the quarterback or run out of bounds by the quarterback. And he he said, yeah, he was one of those guys. And you saw Tommy once he got the hand, ball in his hands, made a move at like a five yard line on a dude and just plunged into the end zone. Yeah. But uh, Tanner McAllister got it. Got it started, you thought on a good note, but then the Ohio State offense immediately bogged down in the red zone and had to kick a field goal. That was a common theme through the first half of this game. Uh, but then going back to what you're talking about, uh, uh, this Ohio State defense against that uh, Iowa offense ranked number 131 out of 131 teams in the FBS, Bay FBS, coming into the game, averaging 238 yards per game. Ohio State held it, what, about 70 yards below that or Mm -hmm. 60 yards below that and that's what you expect out of a really good defense that in fact it takes a defense like that uh, in its grip and never lets go iowa had one decent drive of of report and turned that into a field goal their other seven points of course came on a scoop and score after a cj stroud fumble i would say i would say this was as good a performance as highly rated a performance as ohio state defense has had to date and yeah you couch it with the fact that Iowa was the worst offense in NCAA FBS, but Ohio State made it look even worse. So that's my take on the defense.
0: Yeah, one of the worst offensive displays of football I've ever seen, it's coaching malpractice. Let me get this out of the way. Absolute coaching malpractice that Kirk Ferentz is allowed to employ his son to be the offensive coordinator when the offense looks that bad. But let's move on, I don't want to get on that soapbox. But, but that they've got problems at quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they've
1: got some other problems, but they clearly have problems at quarterback. Uh, when you've got a quarterback that throws the ball to the, straight to the opposition three times, yeah. you eventually pull yeah. him from the game, which is exactly what they did.
0: You know who doesn't have problems at quarterback, Tim? Despite a rough first half, that's Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. The stat line looks odd because he was 11 of 18. He, his stat line did not look good. He was, I think he had a, under 100 yards, and then all of a sudden he throws an interception. And he was 11 of 17 at the, in the first half. He throws the interception to start the second half. Yeah. And you're thinking, man, this is, this is, this is not good for C.J. Stroud. Looking
1: good in a lot of
0: ways. And then all of a sudden, he throws seven straight completions with three touchdown passes in there, yeah. including a 79-yard strike to uh, Julian Fleming, the longest uh, touchdown pass of C.J. Stroud's career, the longest touchdown catch of Julian Fleming's career, the longest touchdown pass for Ohio State uh, in quite a while. And then you look at the stat line and it see it says 254 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, by the way, he added a fourth. Yes. to that. His stats look pretty good, Tim. I think he only had nine incompletions. Uh It's a whole it's a, But
1: as I reminded people on Twitter, it's a four-quarter game. It is. You, you know, in a tight game, this wasn't a tight game, but it felt that way to a certain extent because of Ohio State's troubles, offensively. But I'm telling you, there are plays that come around in a game like this and just light it up. All of a sudden, you can't stop the fuse, and that was that seam route to Emeka Egbuka right up here right about where those guys are walking right now, that got it going, and then he hit two other straight passes, and boom, Ohio State one to Marvin Harrison, Jr., I think, for the touchdown on that drive. It was um, to Emeka. Mecca, yeah, it was to Mecca again. The Marvin Harrison, Jr. made this ridiculous catch right here at the 13 yards. Absurd. Line. It was crazy, and he got going. I mean, great quarterback throwing to great receivers. Boom, it was going. And by the way, let's throw this in there before we get some calls or whatever you want to call it, whatever you do on a video. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, according to Ryan Day, was on a pitch count today. And or play count, and he played about ten plays. It looked like they were looking at him to a certain extent afterwards. But that was what the plan was for him. That's why you didn't see him again, and you really didn't see him again. I mean, I think he might have been immediately getting treatment. Yeah. Uh, after that happened, uh, back in the uh, locker room, or maybe even over at the Adidas Athletic Center. But uh, so just to clear that up. But it's also clear that we, even without him on the field, this team is loaded at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, Tim, and I. I'm going to give you a lot of credit, Tim, for this week. Uh, because you called Iowa's defense a tough lock to pick. Yeah. It was a very tough lock to pick. And I don't know if I gave Iowa's defense enough credit. Uh, but here's the thing. You know, if we're talking about like a heist, once you get the lock picked oh, yeah. and you get in there, yeah. you take whatever you want. Everybody goes through the door. You take whatever you want. And once Ohio State picked, you plunder. once Ohio State picked the Iowa lock, Obviously did whatever it wanted on offense, especially through the air. Obviously, the running game is a concern that we're going to have to address as yeah. this week goes on. Uh, you know, We're only here for about 15 minutes right now, um, but I think on the Monday after we'll get into the running game a lot and see what the issues were on the second watch. I, I learned a lot more about the running game on the second watch than I do the passing game, Tim. Yeah. But once C.J. Stroud figured out, okay, here's where I can manipulate this Iowa defense a little bit, and once I think he settled down a little bit, you know, I thought he pressed a little bit there, especially that first throw of the second half, he really pressed. Uh, once he figured it all out, you saw him start to get rolling. And, yeah. and, you know, there's not a defense in the country that can defend this team, in my opinion, for 60 straight minutes. It's going to be very difficult. You can do it for 40. In Iowa's case, you can do it for about 40, to about, about 35. You're not going to do it for 60 minutes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I pointed this out on Twitter to all our followers uh, that there were a couple of three plays in that first half where there were opportunities for big plays. Yes. And he didn't see it. Now, he went with the play that was called basically the primary on those days. one of those was Marvin Harrison, Jr., 101 on a post-cut. Yeah. And what was open. Yep. I mean, and a couple others. But, you know, that is that is nitpicking. Pardon the expression. Yep. Go with your lock picking. That is nitpicking. But, boy, when Ohio State settled down and call those plays that, you know, as, I, as I said to Ryan Day afterwards, I said, when you call a play, you think it's going to work, right? I mean, that's the whole idea. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He said he never designed a play that, wasn't, that wouldn't go for a touchdown. I'm not sure that's. That's you know real but uh, that's what but Ryan they didn't believe almost the same things but once they got it going it was Katie barred the door that the lock had been busted and uh, that's what stands out about this offense I'm gonna write about this for for Sunday for us uh, is that there is always something or two or three or four things on this extensive play sheet they have get to it, it's gonna work. That seam route was one of them, I yes. said. They had practiced that, they had seen the possibilities of that if they got the look they wanted and boom. But it took a great route by him and a great throw by CJ just before Emeka got popped on that on that play. Because right it was
0: in here. a triangle of defenders. Yeah, yeah exactly. For sure.
1: But that's what you got to do against a defense like this. This defense is designed is basically to just converge on the ball. No matter where the ball goes, converge on it. Don't leave your responsibility to the last minute. And the other thing that bothered this team, and we're going to talk about it on Monday more, you saw a lot of Iowa Hawkeye defensive linemen in the backfield immediately uh, on many plays. Yes. That's got to get figured out. I mean, you haven't really seen that from this Ohio State offensive line so far
0: this year, but it was clear to
1: everybody what was going
0: on there. Tough to watch for sure, Tim, especially yeah. in the running game. That's frustrating when, when you think that you've got everything figured out, you're getting to push most games, and then all of a sudden the defense walks in here and kind of shut you down in the running game. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is almost a blessing and it will be you know, down the road and Ohio State will probably agree with me in November if it can run the ball better. This is a blessing in disguise for this team. This is a good physical Iowa defense that's gonna shut down the running game. Okay, well now you have it on film that you couldn't do it very well. So the next time you play a good run defense, you won't see one next week. Those, those guys at Penn State, they can't stop the run. Once you see another good run defense, you're gonna have to figure it out. And, you know, you're going to have to figure it out against Michigan. You're going to have to figure it out in a Big Ten championship game. If you see a team like Iowa again, if you see Illinois, uh, that's a good run defense. If, if you see uh, Clemson in the college football playoff, Georgia, you've got to be able to run the ball against good defenses. And I, I think this is going to be a good thing for the Ohio State offense to be able to sit back and say, okay, well, that was a failure. Because the, the running game, t- uh, less than two yards of carry, I don't know how to sugarcoat that. It's a failure. Yeah. And so you can start to to figure things out from that regard. And, and the Ohio State passing attack, I thought, was going to be the same way because this game was going to be a blowout regardless. Yeah. Uh, but but people, people, eventually, yeah. they, they got it figured out. And the running game didn't do that, and so I think you've got to go into the film and see what you did on the run game, which is why I think we'll talk about that more yeah, on Monday.
1: And, you know, and jumping to conclusions is a bad bad thing to do for you and I and anyone else. But, man, all these people on Twitter were coming at you like uh, – not uh, you, you, I'm saying
0: – Proverbial, at, yeah. Yeah. Collective or Like, boy,
1: Michigan just dominated this team, especially – you know, and I'm going – Michigan won 27 to 14 after leading whatever it was, uh, 13 to nothing at the half over Iowa back on October the 1st. Yes. Ohio State led at halftime. What was the score?
0: 26 to 10.
1: 26 to 10. Uh, And then we all know what happened after that.
0: The dam broke.
1: Exactly. And uh, that's what Ohio State brings to bear with its offense compared to a Michigan. Uh, That game's coming, you know, and then we'll see. How these two teams match up? Has Ohio State gotten better, or you know, gotten better against the run, like everybody thinks it has? Has it gotten better uh, on the offensive line, like everybody thinks it has? Because the offensive line is in there also on those pass plays. Yeah, I mean, the, you're asking a lot from this Ohio State offensive line. It didn't deliver for the most part in the run game, but that was a damn good front seven from Iowa. Very well schooled, very disciplined. A couple of plays where you thought might pop, and a guy is right there where he's supposed to be. Yep. You know, gap sound. No, you're not going. You're going to get by me. You got to run around me. You're not yep. going to just you know go to the house. Travion Henderson or whomever, Mayan Williams. Uh, so, you know, the other tests are coming. But I'm telling you, that was a very good Iowa defense. Better maybe than I even gave it credit for. The thing about this Iowa team, and we're not doing anything on Iowa except you know throwing some. Uh, This Iowa team, the defense has to play so much, you know? I mean, it has to play so much. Uh, Anybody gets worn down. Anybody loses a little bit of an edge, and I think you saw that in the second half for Iowa.
0: It's absolutely pathetic, the 11-man unit, whatever you want to call it, that Iowa trots on the field for offense. It's it's terrible. In 2022, to have a Big Ten offense look like that is an indictment on the game. And I'll just leave it at that, but (laughs) in the the same vein, Tim, I talked to Ryan Day, I talked to Jim Knowles, I talked to uh, Tommy Eikenberg, uh, Tanner McAllister, and Zach Harrison. That's five different people. I asked them all the same question. What does it say about a defense that you know this offense is terrible, and you you do what a good defense should do against an offense that's terrible, and they said that it still wasn't good enough. You know, Tommy Eikenberg said three points is too many, and that tells you the level you know, this defense last year was, was happy with a win. Yeah. This defense this year, it's 54 to 10, and they're pissed off because they gave up a field goal yeah. to the worst team in FBS on offense. That tells you the expectation level for this defense. They don't want to be great, they want to be greater great, than great, yeah. elite. They want to be a national championship defense. They know what it takes to get there, and, and they're, they're working there, to get man. there. And they're getting there. They Six turnovers. When, when, uh, when,
1: you, when you hold it, when you, when you, when you provo- provoke that many turnovers, uh, when you hold a team that's only averaging 238 yards, like I said, 50 or 60 yards below that average, yeah. you're, you're getting mighty close. And, uh, of course, the next challenge is going to be the trip to Happy Valley, which we're going to talk about all next week. But the point is, this defense is playing aggressive, just like Jim Knowles wants. It's playing smart, just like Jim Knowles wants. I think it's playing sound, which a lot of times last year, that was the biggest problem was a guy wasn't, wasn't where he was supposed to be for one reason or another. They're playing sound. They're rarely getting snookered. You're going to give up some plays to any team. But this team, this off defense rarely gives up two in a row. And that's what sets them apart in a lot of regards. But uh, you can see it
0: getting there. This defense is also playing vanilla, Tim. There was three linebacker look, but they didn't really do a whole lot of exotic things. They didn't you know, bring stunts on the defensive line as much as maybe I thought they would. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't do a whole lot in that well, regard. Well, name
1: a guy. There's a name. You've kind of mentioned him. In passing, but you haven't named a guy who really deserves huge kudos.
0: Oh yeah, Zach Harrison. He's oh going to get a Buckeye leaf on Lettermanrow.com here this at, this evening and this afternoon. Uh, but Tim, that's the thing. Like, they're playing really well, and this defense is, is starting to to really take off and, and create those turnovers. Uh, but it's still keeping it pretty vanilla. You know, we talked to Jim Knowles earlier in the week. And he said, yeah, there's still things with the safeties we haven't done yet. There's still things with the linebackers, the defensive line, we still haven't done yet, still haven't shown. Uh, Jordan Hancock's now healthy. I thought he played well for the snap count yes. that he was on. Uh, you know, you get Cameron Brown back, and then you look at being able to do even more with this defense and this talent. And so a lot of possibilities for this unit. I know that maybe we're overreacting even a little bit. I, thought, I was impressed with the Ohio State defense, even though – uh, the, the Iowa offense seems to want to set football back 50 years every time it touches the yeah. ball. But. Well,
1: yeah, I, mean, I, I think you've beaten that dead horse. That yeah. horse is dead. Yeah. Uh, but the flip side of it is what what I thought was very interesting today was you touched on Jim Knowles is a 4 guy. Yep. 4-2-5 guy, three safeties, two linebackers, four defensive linemen, one of them doing shenanigans, you know what I mean? But he is not <laughs> averse to putting three linebackers on the field as we saw today extensively. No, he's not extensively. against it. Tanner McAllister is playing as well as any safety on this team right now. He's coming in out of the game quite a bit with Cody Simon going in. And it was like good old – it was like old home week for Cody Simon, Steel Chambers, and Tommy Eikenberg. You know what I mean, getting to play together again on yeah. the field at the same time. And you just see this defense has a lot of possibilities it hasn't gotten to, including in that mix-and-match situation uh, with the safety. So, Like you said, Denzel Burke, I think, played a good game today. Uh, That's encouraging. Um, And uh, J.K. Johnson, I thought, played a good game today. And then to to see Jordan Hancock back out there, not just out there, but he was, if you watched him, because I isolated on him quite a few times when he was there, he was running with confidence. Yes. With speed, with quickness. That means that hamstring that we understand uh, was severely injured way back in preseason camp seems to have come along incredibly well.
0: Yeah, Tim, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. This defense is going to continue to get better. Uh, and, and, you know, you're grading on a curve this week. No, That's fine. But, you know, the, the, to see Jordan Hancock back out there, to see Denzel Burke stuff a, a bubble screen, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, come Correct. up and confidently make a tackle. They're not, tied in. Not just make a tackle, but confidently make a tackle because everything he was doing seemed to lack a little bit of that edge he played with last year. This defense is con- going to continue to get better. They play a decent offense next week, a bad running game, but a decent passing game in Penn State. You see what they can do on the road in Happy Valley, a tough environment, even in the noon slot. That's going to be a rough one uh, as far as the environment goes. So let's wrap everything up here. C.J. Stroud, uh, up and down day, started slow, ended well. The running game needs improved. Uh, The defense continues to get better. And Ohio State finishes up this day in the horseshoe with a 54-10 win over Iowa. A lot of nitpicking, Tim, for a 44-point Big Ten blowout, but that's the way that this team works right yeah, now. I mean, this you got to find ways to critique them because you know they're one of the three best teams I, in the country. I just
1: want to say it again. I think I said it earlier. This Iowa defense, I'm more impressed with it after a 54-10 loss than I was going into the game because I thought there were some there were some uh, cracks there. That, yeah. that would show up earlier, I guess, in this game. I thought they played with a lot of confidence, but like I said, when you play, when every three minutes you're running back out there, you know you're going to lose your edge to a certain extent. But then you're also going against a team that's got a lot of keys in his pocket to pick that lock. Yeah. And I'm going to keep using that analogy because it was definitely true today. And uh, and, it, and it was amazing to me. Last thing, I, I don't know, I just when C.J. Stroud gets it going, it's it's, it's a sight to behold, and when he got it going, uh, there in the third quarter, finally, it was you can't stop this guy. You can't stop this uh, this passing attack if C.J. Stroud has time enough to throw, and that's what stands out to me as much as anything today.
0: Yeah, Riley Moss had perfect coverage. That's a that's a damn good cornerback too. Perfect coverage on Emeka Buka in the end zone. Did you see the pass. And C.J. Stroud did not care. He had no regard for a good cornerback. He put it right where he needed to be.
1: Julian Fleming.
0: On, on the, on a on the we angle
1: don't go route to the sideline.
0: We don't see s- oh C J Stroud goodness. really uncork one very often like we did with Justin Fields. But, but when he does, that was pretty.
1: But the ball where it ended up was just like literally on the money, and you go, wow, this you're watching something special.
0: Weird way to. Uh, Talk about 54 to 10 Tim, but that's kind of what we had to do. Ohio State's offense was a little sporadic. The defense looked really good Um, And the end result like I said was a 44 point win over a Big Ten opponent that you know is pretty well respected by people uh, largely Uh, But now Ohio State gets to move on 7-0 get to go to Happy Valley next week and play a pretty talented Penn State team A game that we've had circled that Ohio State's had circled too, for the last I don't know how many months uh, when the schedule was released. This is going to be a big one Tim I'm excited to go cover it with you, but We're still on Ohio State 54, Iowa 10, in the horseshoe. That's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. You know I'm the 40-year vet. We'll be here covering the Ohio State all year round at LettermanRow.com. Thanks for watching the latest Rapid Reaction presented by Buyers Auto. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday back in the horseshoe for the morning after.